0: Sex, Jamie, let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex, Jamie, let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex. I'm Jamie, and this month is Giny Cancer Awareness Month. So I'm joined by the amazing Lydia to talk to me all about her experience with sex after endometrial cancer. Um, It's a super important story that I'm really glad I get to talk about on the podcast. Lydia is amazing. Um, She does a lot of work in this area, um, raising the awareness for the five different gynecological cancers that there are. I've done some research. There are five different ones. That that blew my mind. Um, She's done loads of work with the Eve Appeal before. Uh, Links to them in the description. And yeah, really, really excited to have her on to talk about this stuff. It's super important. And she's helped me out through my own kind of experience with this in the past. Um, yeah, and I'm very thankful to have her around for that so I hope you enjoy that and I'm also chatting to Sarah who's come back on the podcast to talk to us about orgasms that she's had in the gym but, <laughs> so two very different vibes for you there hope you enjoyed the episode please let us know if you do on the Instagram on the Twitter, all that stuff and yeah, hope to hear from you soon love you, bye hey Lydia hey Jamie um, you've got quite a deep story to tell me, I'd say.
1: Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. I think I'd agree.
0: Yeah. Um, I might just let you take the lead, to be honest, okay. because you <laughs> yeah. definitely have better ways of putting this than I do. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
1: Shall I just give a quick, like, introduction? Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, so when I was 24, um, I was diagnosed with womb cancer, mm. uh, which is really rare if you're young But mm. actually really common If you're not Quite a common cancer okay. No one's ever heard of it though So Right People aren't aware It's actually really common Okay And um, So I had a phase of Lots of symptoms uh, Lots of bleeding And horrible gruesome stuff mm. And then um, I was on treatment For about four months Okay um, And it wasn't working uh, So at that point I had a hysterectomy Right um, So just kind of I kept my ovaries, but they took out kind of my womb and cervix. And,
0: okay.
1: And uh, just kind of sewed me up at the top. hmm And, um, yeah, so since then, that was about two years ago. And, um, yeah, I just had my two-year
0: check. Oh, cool. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so give me a bit more detail about hysterectomy, because as you know, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I keep getting confused with mastectomy. Yeah,
1: sure. So. <laughs> I'm
0: completely out of the loop here, so...
1: Uh, It's basically surgery where they remove your womb and um, pretty much always the cervix too Mm because that's touching the inside of the womb. Mm -hmm. Um, And most people have it kind of taken out um, laparoscopically, which is kind of where they stick um, loads of robotic instruments in you Mm. and they fill you up with air so they can see. Mm. So your tummy's really painful and bloated after. And then they pull your womb out through your vagina.
0: Oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> <I'm> sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty gross.
0: You said that to get a reaction from me,
1: okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just basically pull it out... Yeah. ...and then tie you up at the top.
0: Okay. The top being...
1: Of my vagina. Yeah. Okay. One's vagina. <laughs> One's vagina. Of a vagina. Other people have had it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's... When people kind of get a bit confused about it I'm just like it's a cul-de-sac down there <laughs> there's there's no exit entrance it's just uh, okay yeah right a one way street
0: yeah one way street got it yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> um, they leave your ovaries in there
1: yeah they pretty much always do unless they have to take them okay which is actually kind of rare so um, it's really bad for your health to be menopausal for a long time part of your life yeah um it makes <clears> your <throat> bone density shit oh okay and um it makes your moods shit mm. um so they try to avoid that where possible um, so that's by
0: leaving by leaving your ovaries in they yeah. don't you, they don't cause you to to go into menopause then
1: yeah that's so that. I still kind of have the same amount of like normal hormones yeah now I mean when you disturb them they get a bit dodgy for a while okay but um I'd still have, like, a hormonal cycle as well, so I still have, like, the cycle where I can tell I'm on my period, but, like, mm. I don't bleed or anything. Oh, okay. So I get, like, PMSy and spotty, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm pretty grumpy today, and then like about <laughs> 2pm, I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. on my period.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so... Yeah, the reason I wanted to bring you on here is because you you now have a, a very, if you don't mind me saying, a very active sex life.
1: <laughs> I do. Yeah.
0: And uh, you wrote an article about how you kind of came back to that mm. from like, post your uh, operation. So do you want to go over that?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I was always um, quite a sexual person, but have definitely started having a lot more sex since cancer, actually, which okay. is usually the opposite of most mm. people. Um, but I mean I was a lot more of a monogamous person before, I mean I was single for most of the time and sleeping around, sure Um, but I think my attitude to sex changed after Um, it's really hard to work out why but I think uh, from having cancer and having the surgery uh, my kind of um the kind of aspirations of a more conventional life mm. weren't really that door wasn't open to me anymore because I can't have kids now. Yeah, and I did want them before. I think
0: maybe
1: <laughs> I don't know. I was young. When you
0: were twenty four, right? Yeah, I was yeah, young. Yeah. I
1: hadn't really thought about it that much, but obviously, it makes you think about it an awful lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had a period uh, before my surgery where we were trying to preserve my fertility, and I had to think a lot about whether I wanted kids or not. Um, and now I can't. I'm getting a bit less bothered, and I'm just enjoying the more unconventional side of my life more. Um, yeah, and I when I I mean, when I was ill, I was menopausal for because I was put on a treatment that Mm. took away all my hormones, so including testosterone, I had nothing of nothing.
0: Okay,
1: uh, so I. I was dating then and I was still having quite a bit of sex but it was I wasn't really horny in the same way okay and
0: did you still have like a, a drive to have sex during the treatment or were you just kind of doing it because that's what you did before
1: <laughs> I think I had mm, yeah mainly number two
0: okay
1: I'm pretty sure it was just part of my life yeah Um, and good, I kept yeah. it up
0: yeah
1: and like I'm still having good sex for yeah. sure but when you're kind of not desiring it and you're not like the, the passion was taken away. Okay. Um, That's interesting. But, like, the act of doing it was just as good. Yeah. I was... Um, there were a few people I was seeing at the time that, you know, we were having good sex, but I just didn't have the, like, the urge. Mm. And when you take that away, it takes quite a bit of the fun away, I think.
0: Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. But once you, so once you started actually having sex, like, the act of having sex with them then, was it... Did it feel how it was before? Um, was it slightly different? Quite dry. <laughs> okay, <Yeah. laughs> that's kind of a typical menopause yeah.
1: thing, and that's totally true. It's quite yeah. dry, and one of the guys I was dating was huge.
0: Mm. It was tricky.
1: It was hard work. There yeah. were points where it's just like this is like grating cheese. Just <laughs> oh, <God>. to stop. <laughs> like it was just painful and yeah. blah, horrible. So there's a lot of lube.
0: Yeah. Did, um, how did the guys take that? Did you tell them what was happening or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I never really lied to anyone, so it's not like the second I was going to sleep with someone, I would like, oh, here's my history. Yeah. Um, But if it came up in conversation, actually, which it pretty much does when all you ever do is go to the hospital and back, Mm. um, then I'd just say. And what I learned is that uh, male egos, when people are really young, Mm. are very fragile.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And... um, I don't know, people usually responded okay, but uh, yeah, like getting lube out, I'd usually try to explain myself just because they'd be like, oh, it's not you. Yeah, don't worry. Cut your head. Yeah. Yeah. It was just really good for filtering out people who are kind of more open minded, I think, and more empathetic. And
0: uh, I like that term, filtering people. It's yeah. a good way to kind of figure out who you actually want to sleep with. Once you once you tell you're having a bit of trouble, if they're like, yeah. oh, then it's like, okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> you have revealed yourself. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah,
1: and they're totally not worth your body or your time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was a great filter. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you could kind of tell who were kind of the men and who were the boys. Right. Because yeah. at 24, most of them are boys. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think that's just yeah. Um. That's just kind of normal Mm. Um, so yeah I was still having quite a lot of sex it just wasn't quite the same Um, and I think when I did have surgery because I'd had months and months with no hormones at all and then I came off my treatment I had my surgery and my hormones came back Mm. and when you go from like no hormones to I don't I probably even didn't have that many but Mm. from nothing to some It was just complete overdrive. I was like the horniest I've ever been in my whole life. Really? Yeah, and I just had surgery. I wasn't allowed to have sex for Uh. like six weeks. I waited two weeks, I think.
0: It was really bad. Uh the guy
1: was the guy was a doctor oh okay he knew what he was doing that was
0: that's a good first person to fuck after operation yeah that right Right. he can have a look while he's down there too just make sure <laughs> everything's okay
1: <laughs> yeah it, I mean thank god it was him I think yeah just because he was really empathetic yeah and um we'd obviously planned to just have kind of non-penetrative sex yeah which I probably shouldn't have even been doing that at that time because it's not a tense thing.
0: A lot of tensing.
1: Yeah, like you're, you know, if you're having a good time, your vagina's tensing right, quite okay, a lot, and I cool. have <laughs> stitches to heal. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's probably not a good idea, but yeah. Um, so I'd never tell my doctor; he'd be really mad. <laughs> but it was, it was fine.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so how did it go? It was, it was all good
1: yeah like, did you take it slow we took it s- <laughs> yeah no we did we, he basically just put it in a tiny bit once we were like no we really shouldn't right Um, and then the next when I had sex properly it was with one of my best friends who I've known for cool. decades right Um, and that was great
0: yeah they sound like two perfect people to first have sex with yeah right
1: and I'm really grateful for that I think if I'd just gone about my life and you know gone on a date or had a one night stand it might have been like a not a very nice experience so yeah
0: because
1: it was kind of sore for a while Mm -hmm. as to be expected Mm -hmm. and even when I was healed um scar tissue's very rigid and it doesn't have much give so it can be quite painful for a while right so for about six months it was quite sore okay uh, so I'm really glad that I kind of chose wisely.
0: Yeah. And, um, at the risk of like TMI, mm, like where exactly was it sore? Like what was and was it and was it sore outside of sex? No,
1: it wasn't actually. Okay. Just when it was being prodded, I guess.
0: Prodded. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it was sore, I guess, where my cervix was, because that's where my stitches were. Yeah. So just at the top. Okay. Um. And you know, you can be gentle and. Yeah. You know. Get around that, not yeah. do much poking. Mm.
0: Um So how much sex do you think you had in the six weeks that you weren't supposed to be having sex?
1: Probably only twice. Okay. Uh, so I wasn't <laughs> that bad. Yeah.
0: That's fine. I
1: wasn't that bad. Okay. Oh, although you no, know, the first time I had sex with my friends, first time I properly had sex after. We probably did it quite a lot. It mm. was fine. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. fine, I'm here. You're still here, No, but I wouldn't recommend it and I'm not condoning it.
0: Really? Okay. Well, I have to be right. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you. I mean, that's worth mentioning. You now work in that yeah. side of things, right?
1: Yeah, I work for a gynaecological cancer charity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not we wouldn't uh,
0: recommend that, obviously. Yes, obviously, don't uh,
1: do that. Don't do that. I actually. <laughs> you worked. were just
0: making sure it's not a good thing to do. You can confirm it's not. Good yes. It okay. yes. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. I was a natural scientist. Yes. So I thought I'd test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, And uh, apparently, I've got no willpower, which I already knew about myself. So so it's fine. Um, But yeah, then I was kind of unstoppable after that, really. Okay, yeah. I was just, I felt the benefit of having hormones, I think. Yeah, Nam says, like, don't put on your coat inside because you won't feel the benefit.
0: Okay, right. So yeah, how did that feel to suddenly go? Did it feel like an overnight kind of switch? Like, oh, I'm back.
1: Yeah, really? completely. Really? Because I was such a sexual person before that um, it was it was part of me that I felt like I'd lost for a while. Mm. And it was actually quite an important part
0: yeah.
1: of um, my life. And so it was really nice that one day where I felt like it was finally back. And, you know, just having hormones makes you feel good in plenty right. of ways. but yeah. um, Especially that. And yeah I just I don't think I've ever taken my sex life for granted since Mm. Um, I definitely make more time for it and Mm. I enjoy it more Um, and yeah I don't I just kind of feel like I'm lucky to live how I do yeah and don't take that for granted I know a lot of women with other types of gyne cancer or um, slightly different treatments to me who You know, their life's very different right now because they've had other bits of them removed or whatever Mm. or just not really recovered from surgery or treatment as well as I have.
0: Mm. Okay. Mm. So there was one thing you mentioned before which I thought was quite interesting um, about the kind of support around, like, you know, when... die again. (laughs) The support around, you know, like, what... People have to say and like the advice you get that you can find online is quite orientated towards older people uh, having that that kind of cancer. So, Mm -hmm. what I mean? Did you manage to find any kind of advice? in that area for someone that for someone that related to you because you mentioned mentioned about it like it talks about people's husbands right like talk to your husband about how you're feeling
1: (laughs) it so does and that's everything online that's everything that your doctor or your uh, nurse specialist has yeah um they don't have anything to advise you on that doesn't relate to having someone you love and trust in your life which when you're on the dating scene and you're is most people don't have Mm. I didn't and it's very different, um, you know, going back to having sex with someone who knows what's happened to you and cares about you, to having sex with someone you just met yeah. that knows nothing about you, and um, you don't really want to make it really serious by saying, mm. "Oh, just to let you know," because that's just—I mean, it's a fine conversation to have, and I would have it because I had to. Mm. But it just—it's not sexy. It ruins the moment, you know. Yeah,
0: I guess for some, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah Yeah. but again it's a good filter
0: yeah exactly yeah no definitely yeah I guess there's no kind of like you know going on Tinder after a hysterectomy guide like maybe there should be there should should be there
1: totally should be because um, it's just as it's more important actually to feel I I was lucky in that I um, have never been anyone that gets embarrassed and Mm. I've um, always felt quite comfortable talking about my body and whatever so, for me to kind of say, oh, like, we need to go slow at the start, and here's some lube because of this, mm-hmm. didn't bother me, but I realised for most people, that's mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's even more important than when you know someone, and all of the recommendations there that there are about, like, kind of heterosexual sex as mm-hmm. well, and, yeah. um... And that's shit, isn't it? (laughs)
0: Heterosexual sex. Shit. shit. (laughs) That's
1: true. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it's just just not needed. Like, there should be advice for everyone. And granted, it's much easier to talk to women about these things. um, Mm. But that still doesn't mean that there shouldn't be any advice out there for kind of um, gay and bi people to Mm. know how to tackle that subject when they're about to have sex after Mm. cancer or during cancer or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, how how far are you now? your was it two years ago? Yet, your operation?
1: Yeah, two yeah. years out, um, which is good because I'm past the uh, what would you call it? I'm out of the risk, like the danger zone.
0: Yeah,
1: which is good. Yeah. So, um, is that
0: what the two year checkup is that you mentioned?
1: Before? Yeah, I mean yeah. I have them every six months, um, but they say that two years is kind of when the risk You're goes like, down. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: um so that's a good moment yeah and it, I feel like I'm fully recovered now and I have been for a while but it took a long time to get there yeah um
0: one thing we spoke about when we first met which I found really interesting I had I had just taken up meditation um and I was talking to you about it and how much I was saying it was helping me a lot and you should try it <laughs> and you said something very interesting um which I hadn't thought about, which was uh, on the the, the certain kind of meditation that I was doing involves like a kind of full body, like slow scan Mm -hmm. throughout your body. Just like, you know, how do your eyes feel? How does your nose feel? How's your mouth (laughs) feel? And and you said, I can't do that because once you get down there, you start freaking out because you've already got this thing in the back of your mind, you know, about cancer coming back and stuff like that. Um, I never even even thought about that. That is something that I, yeah.
1: Uh, loads of people advise meditation when you're diagnosed, and like obviously you can meditate in lots of ways, and I'm sure it's really helpful. Um, I didn't really explore it very much, but I just went to Headspace because I was given a free
0: yeah
1: free cancer card for it. Nice, <laughs> and, nice. And then the first one, yeah, I was just like in the zone. I was like, <laughs> right, meditating. I'm going to do it. It's going to so feel great. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to change my life. <laughs> and then they were just making me scan my body so I just cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and it focuses so much on um, scanning your body for kind of areas where there's discomfort and um, you know how you're feeling inside at every different point I didn't want to do that
0: yeah
1: like I really didn't want to do that so that was pointless Yeah. yeah
0: yeah no totally that's yeah it was something I hadn't even thought about um, it actually put me off that part of it as well Did after it? you said that because I like I have my own sort of body problems like yeah. health problems and I was just like yeah that is shit <laughs> I don't want to think about that I'm, I'm trying to meditate <laughs> yeah I thought that was interesting
1: yeah I wanted to get you want to get out well when you're doing it because um, your body physically isn't good you want to get out of your body not into it mm. that's what I wanted from mm. meditation
0: yeah I think it was Headspace that I was doing as well yeah. maybe, maybe just don't do Headspace maybe because yeah. like, they definitely focus on the body scanning thing there might be other meditations so it's like they don't do that so yeah you can definitely get out of your body yeah.
1: using other if methods if you've been things. diagnosed yeah. I tried it really early on as well yeah. I think I've been diagnosed about four days it was just yeah, not right, a, not right. the time for me to be scanning my body
0: yeah 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 well yeah <laughs> two years on give it a try yeah it.
1: maybe I will it really
0: help. helped me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before that it was rubbish <laughs> um, yeah so, so you're two years on now yeah what's your sex life like now apart from active as we've discussed already like how do you still have to sort of talk things through like how how's it how's it working out out there? yeah <laughs> uh,
1: no I feel pretty confident that I don't ever um hmm, saying that there's a few times I do but just because it's uncomfortable but so does every woman sometimes yeah. you know yeah. I don't think I have to do it more so
0: by do it you mean use lube right or, um or just...
1: just kind of so sometimes I get a kind of pain that goes up my pelvic floor into my body. Yeah. But that kind of happens when women's cervixes get hit as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the women being plural, not the cervix. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, you know, people, all women have to do that sometimes, just kind of say, like, slow down or
0: yeah,
1: not as deep and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but lube-wise, I'm all good now. Yeah. Obviously, we all use lube when we need to. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I don't feel like I've got any kind of lasting effects, Mm. which is great. Um, I'm definitely having way more sex than I was before. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'd say it's really positively affected my sex life. Mm. Because like I said, I don't take it for granted for one, Mm. but also the amount I had to kind of get comfortable in my own body and confident in myself and confident talking about what I need and what I want and being really open with people straight away because obviously I was in my early 20s before it happened yeah, yeah. at a time when most people haven't really learned to do that yet mm. so I feel like it really it kind of pushed me forward quite far in the fact that I just now feel always comfortable with whoever I'm with Yeah. Um, and always really happy to talk um, and you know good sex is all about kind of communicating what you need and want so in that way I felt like it's had a really positive impact mm. As well as the fact I've just maintained a level of horniness I didn't have before. <laughs> so I'm just having way more sex all the whole time. <laughs> and kind of... Yeah, I've kind of let go of aiming towards a conventional life and just kind of enjoying what I enjoy. And a big part of that is sex. So mm. um, I've got more into the kink scene and kind of... I don't think I'd ever be monogamous now, which you know, when before I got cancer probably would have blown my mind if you told yeah, me that. Right.
0: Um,
1: yeah, so it, it kind of I think it's changed my view in quite a lot of ways. Mm,
0: that sounds great. That sounds like a really good way to kind of Yeah, so you, you can't have kids now, mm. but it's opened up way like a load of doors elsewhere so that you maybe wouldn't have been bothered looking at. Um, yeah,
1: before, yeah. Yeah, and I just think I um when you can't have kids a timeline gets taken off you as a woman
0: that is really interesting because yeah. that
1: I, I i'm not 30 yet yeah. but you know i'm in my late 20s and a lot of my friends who are on the edge of 30 or coming to their 30s who are really happy when they're single don't feel like they need a relationship at all mm. but still and they they don't feel precious from society because yeah. they're just not that way inclined Um, But still, in the back of their minds, like, oh, but there is, there's always a ticking clock when Mm. you're a woman. I don't have that. Mm. If I did decide I wanted to settle down with someone in a different way, Mm. I can do that whenever the fuck I like now. Yeah.
0: That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's not this kind of, yeah, subconscious clock going off. Yeah. Do you feel, do you feel like that means you just have more fun? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I just kind of look at the um, my partners and the people I see in a different way. Um, and I just you don't like see them
0: as a gene pool. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> not that I ever do. No, <laughs> not the most, I don't think anyone does. <laughs> no, I hope not.
0: I I'm not. sure some people do. There are definitely some people. Yeah. Some of my exes like <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> and obviously you weren't the right gene pool. No, exactly. So. Cause they're exes. Yeah.
0: No one wants these genes.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's funny that the way women have that in their life and I guess men might do to some extent feel mm. like they might want to have kids before a certain age yeah. and i don't know i just feel free because of that i think to um fuck around for as long as i want
0: yeah <laughs> nice. that's a good positive spin on it i think
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah yeah all right cool so what advice would you give to someone who is a, is going through or you know has been through the same thing you have
1: um, I think one of the most important things that really helped me is just uh, trying to maintain your sexuality uh, so when you're kind of menopause and you don't have estrogen you don't feel very sexy anyway because that's mm. just what makes us feel sexy mm. um, and also when you're fucking bleeding all the time mm. or you've just had surgery you don't feel very sexy and I got I mean, this doesn't sound great, but I got a lot of my self-worth from being sexy, mm. I think, just because I like sex. as mm-hmm. part of my life. Um, so I think doing what you can to still feel sexually empowered is really important. So, yeah, I might not have felt very horny, but I kept having sex anyway, and that was really good for me, I think. Yeah. And um, it's really important to kind of feel comfortable talking about what place you're in and what you need And kind of being open with your sexual partners, because you could do a lot of damage, for one, if you weren't, and it's not going to leave you in a good place if you're not, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sex is one of those things that can leave you feeling amazing, but if it's not, if something's not quite right, it can leave you feeling shit.
0: Yeah. And, you know... Good sex can, like, make you feel good for a day, but bad sex can ruin your week.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so... and that's so true and if you're kind of not feeling great at that point um for whatever reason but Mm. if you've got cancer or if you're on treatment there's like even more reasons yeah
0: Yeah.
1: um you don't want to be left feeling shit for a week Mm.
0: so communicate Mm. yeah cool
1: and send nudes that's how I kept feeling sexy send nudes send nudes
0: nice (laughs) hello everyone it's me Jamie and I've got an important announcement to make This podcast is now sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, anyone who's been listening to the podcast for the last however long it's been... Knows that I've been shouting about this company for years, since day one. One of our first episodes was a counseling session with me and my counselor from BetterHelp. Um, and I've been on it for years now, probably like come out to like four years, I think, maybe five years. I've been on it, um, getting counseling um, on a weekly basis, and I love it. Um, and yeah, it's really it's really nice. It's a bit like Tinder for therapists. You, you put in like your problems, <laughs> the things that you want to talk to someone about, and then it comes up with all these different counselors who um, specialize in that area and you can kind of read a little bio and like read their reviews and stuff and pick which ones for you that's really cool I've gone through like probably, probably like 14 counsellors in my time on BetterHelp for me living in London especially um, I think it's the same for like most major cities out there therapy in person therapy is really expensive um, this gives you that but you know at uh, the kind of whenever you want to do it it's all online and you can do like you know video voice or text chat um, and it's way cheaper than seeing someone in person so um, yeah it's actual proper like therapy uh, online securely online um, yeah I send messages at all at all points in, in the day and night um, it's pretty good for that You can also um, mark them as urgent, which is quite nice. I think a lot of people, when they think about online counselling, they kind of think, oh, you know, it's like a bit distanced, like, you're not completely, like, fully in touch with your counsellor. But um, I think, you know, with it being online, you're more in touch with them and you can mark messages as urgent if you want, like, a, a quicker response. So... They are sponsoring this podcast now, which is cool, which means we have a discount link. Um, You get 10% off if you go to betterhelp.com forward slash Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie. There's a link in the bio. And yeah, love you. Bye.
2: Hi, Jamie. Hey, Sarah. How are you doing?
0: I'm okay. Yeah,
2: I'm good. (laughs) Shall I tell you a story?
0: Yeah, go for it.
2: It was a long, cold night. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm a civil servant, okay. and we have a, a gym in our in our office, and like, I'll use it to like change in the morning and like just go down there and like I ha- there's a physiotherapist who comes in and I see him sometimes and it's really busy because it's quite a small gym and it's yeah. a busy office, and um, <coughs> sometimes when I'm waiting for my physiotherapy appointment, yeah, I'll uh, I'll just be down there like just on the mats having a stretch or something and we've got a power plate like it's kind of in the middle of the gym. So okay. it's a mat area, and then there's some weights, and then there's some runners, and then there's like this power plate. Power plate. Power plate. Yeah. Okay. What's so about? it's like a vibrating platform, and you can use it to. It's supposed to like increase your workout and like or increase your stretching and stuff because it literally just vibrates to your muscles. Okay. So it makes them like work harder. I right. think it's a gimmick. I don't okay. think that <laughs> actually makes your workout any different. But um, because I'm a fitness instructor, I get quite tight muscles. Yeah. So um, I'll use a foam roller like on my quads and stuff mm-hmm. to like. Stretch them out. And one time I was just foam rolling my quads on the power plate. Which is obviously like your face down on it. With the roller like on your thigh. Okay. You're like this. Yeah, Just like pulling yourself up and down on the power plate. Okay. And the roller's like here. And I was like, I wonder what it feels like if you just roll like on your clit on it. Right. Then I like rolled (laughs) up onto my clit. I was like oh my god that feels amazing <laughs> fuck and so like it took so it has it has it goes in one minute rounds right so you turn it on it's like eh, for a minute and then it stops And you're probably like oh, press it again eh. <laughs> <laughs> so like just doing it and then like a minute comes. like oh that feels really good like do it again and just like rolling around on it until until i came mm. like the first time and i was like oh my god it's <coughs> it's it's a really nice orgasm because it's kind of like the ridges in the in the like foam roller really yeah. like press into you, yeah. And then obviously when they're vibrating as well, so it feels like really like deep, yeah. And then when that happened the first time, I just like would <laughs> go down it the whole time, <laughs> <laughs> and be like,
0: "Is this why you're a fitness instructor? <laughs> Is this your origin story?"
2: I just really got off on like being down there and like ostensibly just working on my tight muscles. And having, like, my legal director, like, on the treadmill, and, like, the head of finance, like, just doing some squats. Yeah. And just literally just be, like, coming like, five feet away. Like, hello, Mr. Robinson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really tight quad. Yeah. <laughs> just, like... <laughs> and once you've done one, the first one takes maybe, like, three minutes or two yeah. minutes. Once you've done one, you can just have one every, like, minute. But you've got to be yeah. careful, because you don't want it to get to the final, like three seconds just as you're about to come, cause that's really annoying. Right. So you've got to be checking. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, five seconds, I've got time, it's fine. Shit, you got the timing right. <laughs> yeah, you've got to get the timing right.
0: Wow. Yeah. So do your workmates know that you use the power plate for this?
2: Obviously not. <laughs> like, my friends do, and they're like, you're so sick. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I just love the fact that even if people saw me and were like, wow, she looks like she's having a really good time, like, no one would ever suspect that you're, like, orgasming, like... <laughs> In front of everyone, <laughs> like it's the perfect just, crime. It's the perfect crime. Yeah. That's why I love it. Like no, even to the, like to each other, they might be like, "Oh wow, she's." But like, I just yeah, I just love how like it's just so like twisted, like no one would ever suspect, and yeah. it's just so wrong, but. Like, feels so right just just feels like <laughs> funny I just like really get off on like <laughs> how wrong it is <laughs> also the orgasms are really great yeah nice alright I'm going to get myself
0: a power plate then
2: I do <laughs> I think they're like a grand oh, Jesus,
0: really I've got a foam roller that was there so maybe that'll do what are you afraid of? all right that's all we have time for today thank you so much for listening it really really means a lot to me that you have got your way to come and listen to me talk to people about their sex stories <laughs> um if you like what we're doing go check us a follow on let's talk about sex jamie on instagram uh tell your friends about us leave a review on itunes all that stuff that people with podcasts say at the end basically um yeah it really means a lot that you listen and hope to see you next week love you bye